Welcome into the Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity. Count on a powerful and secure Wi-Fi connection for all your devices. Xfinity XFi. Can your internet do that? Welcome in. We've got a week eight podcast coming your way. We've got Jimmy Ward, safety for your Houston Texans in year 10, year one with Houston. And we go behind enemy sidelines with a Pro Bowl running back for the Panthers, former Pro Bowl running back, Jonathan Stewart. He now hosts the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. We're going to find out all about these 0-6 Panthers. We're going to find out about Bryce Young, what you don't see on the stat sheet, and what we can expect to change with the new play caller in Carolina. But first, Xfinity delivers the fastest internet in Houston, stream Texans games on a powerful and secure Wi-Fi network, and count on a reliable connection for all your devices, Xfinity XFi. Can your internet do that? All right, welcome in. We've got Jimmy Ward. He's number one. He is in his 10th season in the NFL. First time he's playing outside of San Francisco as he signed with the Texans in free agency. Wanted to follow his former defensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryans, to Houston, where he is now the head coach. And Jimmy Ward himself is a captain in the locker room. He's been very vocal from the start, doing some nice things in the backfield with um, Jalen Petrie. The two of them are finally on the field and playing really, really well together. He is... Just such a leader, and he's just so much fun to catch up with. So we're going to get into my exclusive one-on-one with Jimmy Ward right here on the Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity. Number one in our hearts, number one on the field. Uh, Year 10 for you, Jimmy. First of all, how was your bye week? Bye week was great. (sighs) Caught up on some rest. Got to see some friends and family. Um, and I watched a lot of film. And you watched a lot of film. You're so humble because I knew exactly where you were in the bye week. You went back home to Mobile, Alabama. Oh, yes. Got your number retired, your jersey retired. (laughs) Tell me a little bit about that. How did that happen? It took them 10 years to do it. (laughs) But you've been out of high school longer than 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, though. I appreciate it. Uh, Shout out to W.P. Davidson High School. uh, W.P. Davidson High School. Yes, Uh I got my jersey, 46 retired, along with my fellow ex-teammate, Jaquasi Tart. Okay. He wore number six in high school, and they did a ceremony before the game. took probably like 15 to 20 minutes. I got to flip the coin. Got to see the new studs in high school play ball, and my day, my high school definitely got to win. Yes, and you're like a good luck charm for them. Oh yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so you went back to your old high school. Are there any other famous uh, alumni whose numbers are retired there? Uh, probably AJ McCarron. Oh, maybe Solomon Thomas. I mean Solomon Patton. Probably Justin Fowler from Viger. Probably Mark Barron. He went to St. Paul's along with A.J. McCarron. A.J. McCarron was here for a minute. I can't remember if he got it retired while he was with the Texans. T.J. Yeldon from uh, Dashing High School. Maybe Julio Jones. Maybe. I'm like, Julio Jones is (laughs) like, wait, I can keep naming it. It's a lot of... Wow, that's really good company that you keep. There's a lot of numbers that can't be worn anymore, it sounds like. Yeah. At W.P. Davidson. All right, so you were born in Wisconsin. You went Mm -hmm. to high school in Alabama, Mm -hmm. went to college in northern Illinois. So, like, what's considered home for you, like, outside of playing football? Say Mobile, Alabama. Mobile. Racine, Wisconsin feels like home. Chicago, Illinois feel like home. Uh, Been in Cali for nine years. Uh, I'm not going to say it feel like home, but I'm familiar with that area, Bay Area. Okay. But in Houston, Texas, how do you like Houston? Man, I love Houston. Yeah. yeah I love Houston. I would think it's weird that you played your entire career with one team, mm-hmm. which is, like, unusual anyway in the NFL. And then, like, you're a 10-year veteran, but you're almost, like, starting all over again in a new city. What, like, what was that whole process like for you? It was new. 
Definitely. I had to get used to the heat, obviously. Oh, for sure. I feel like you never get used to the heat. It's like I used to play with it when I was young, play like in the heat. But now compared to when I'm old and I'm (laughs) in my 30s, like ah, it took took some adjustment, took some time. Because Mobile is not like as hot as... Houston, I would imagine. I thought it was hot. It's pretty hot, but not like this. Yeah, no. Nah, this was unseasonal. This. this was a crazy summer, though, with all the 100-degree temps and training camp. I keep hearing about that, but like, I, I thought it was hot, and I've lived here for a minute, so. Seems like the norm here. Mm. All right. I was looking at some of your old highlights. Your first career interception, Jay Cutler in Chicago, 2015. And I, what I loved about this play was your celebration. <laughs> Do you remember what you did? <laughs> Hit a front flip. You did a front flip, yeah. Yeah. In the moment, you're like, this is what I'm going to do, or I've been thinking about this when I get my first interception. It's going to be something gymnastics-y. It just happened. It just, oh, organic. I, yeah, I was I was very <laughs> excited. I just wanted to look. I kind of, when I, as I flipped, I jumped, and I was smiling. I was looking at Jake. <laughs> <laughs> and he had that smirk on that he always had when he throw an interception. He just. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've played against a lot of great players in your 10-year career anyone that really stands out to you or that you like really had fun battling against Larry Fitzgerald oh Larry Fitzgerald of course Such yeah a competitor like some I'm, man I hit him so many different ways and he got up I'm, I actually I want to say I, I tore some in his knee one time and he finished the game and they ended up winning wow like Larry Fitzgerald is just oh my god he's such a great player, and obviously he's going to go in the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I got so much respect for the guy. Did you guys talk, like, at all during the game, like a little trash talking, or is he pretty quiet? No, he talks, but he just give you compliments. Oh, like, what did he, he say to you? No, he just water you down for you don't hit him as hard. You know, you feel, <laughs> you're like, man, I don't want to hit this guy. He's but so nice. I'm still, yeah. Oh, I'm still going to hit still gonna you. You're still going to hit him. Okay. But that's his game, though. He's like, oh, man, good to see you, man. Hey, man, I ain't seen you in a long time. I mean, you're a great player. That's how you water you down at the beginning like, of the. how am I going to hit you? Yeah, but that's that's his game. Yeah. That's how you get in your head. And then next thing you know, he get catch a, a hundred yards on you, 10 re, uh, re, uh, receptions and run you over. He's so like, you're great. You're doing great. And tell you, you're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> you have so much natural energy. I think it was one of the first things I noticed when you came in here, you did your press conference. I think I even tweeted. It was one of the most entertaining press conferences, like in free agency that I'd seen. You were like whispering and you were like, it's like, you're telling everybody a secret. You were just so engaging and energetic. And I, like, I was just wondering, have you always been like that? Or is that just being in the league so many years? Like, what is your, where does that come from? I think it's a little bit of both. You know, I kind of. Like, maybe you were just born like that. You were just, like, always super, like, love talking, very energetic. Yeah, but I kind of hit it at the beginning of, you know, my career. Uh, and then, Really? Yeah, until I just, I met a few older players and, you know, and then especially my close friends, like, hey, man, bro, you. You need to just be yourself. Like I know. How you do you be, hide? How do you hide you? Know, you just don't. You just don't say that much. And then it's just, I wasn't comfortable. It's mm. it was in Cali. It was in I was in California, San Fran. We was rebuilding. Yeah. You know everything was serious. Every every you know we was we was losing. Uh, so nobody, everybody's job was on the line. I'm just saying, even sure. if you're winning, your job still yeah. on the line. Yeah. Yeah. But still, it's just you're a new player. It was just a very toxic environment when I got to California. So, you know, I was just trying to find my way. So. After a while, we started winning. and Like little by little, Jimmy started coming out? Or was it like, bam? Coach Kyle. Shout out to Coach Kyle Shanahan. He helped me bring my... He he just helped me be myself ever since then, you know? So you proceeded to be you, and you were like, "It's I can be myself, and it's fine. I can be myself, and people love it. You love it or hate it, you know? 
I love seeing you and Jalen Petrie together. I feel like you guys are just like a perfect match because he's got a lot of energy. He's a big talker. You come in, you're a big talker. What's it been like? I feel like and it took a while to get both of you guys on the field together yeah. and healthy. But now that you guys are out there together, what's that been like for you? Oh, it's, it's, it's cool, man. It's just... <sighs> Both of us just know how to work together. Uh, like if I have a down play, you know, he always has some type of motivation, words, uh, words of wisdom to come up and, and pick me up or pick the guys up and vice versa. If like he have a down play or a play that he's not too proud about, I come over there and I tell him some wise words. So it's just like just us complimenting each other game and just, you know, helping the team. Like I make plays, he make plays. So and then he's, he's a big hitter and I feel like I'm a big hitter, too. So. Love having him out there. I feel like he talks more than me too. You like, think he smack. talks more than you? Smack. He does talk a lot of smack. Smack. But when it? you two are together, like especially in camp, I was like, I'm not really sure who's doing. More. You guys were both chattering a lot, but oh yeah, no, we're, we're definitely. You're talking. both together. Oh, you think he's yeah. the bigger talker? No, yeah, he's definitely the bigger. I can talker. see that. Mm -hmm. He called you the apex predator. Did you know that? That that's his nickname for you. Oh no, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> Several no, I didn't weeks ago, he, and I had to look up what an apex predator was, like the official definition. Um, an apex predator known as a top predator is a predator at the top of a food chain without a natural predator of its own. What do you think about that? Uh, like, he, you're at the top of the food chain. He's like, there's nobody hunting for Jimmy Ward. Like yeah. Jimmy Ward is the, pre the apex predator. It's, it's a few. I got a few battles of a few guys that's on different teams that uh, probably got me on a hit list. Probably <laughs> Diggs from <laughs> Buffalo Bill. Oh, okay. Uh, probably uh, uh, A.J. Brown from... Philadelphia. I don't know if I ever play him again. Like every dog has a day. So yeah. Um, one thing about it, I'm the hitter. You know. Yeah. So you know, you they catch balls. I, I get to hit you. You I get, get to hit you. Yeah, interception, true. but I'd rather hit you. You know, I I rather inflict pain. Yeah. Makes me I, feel better. Makes night. you feel better. <laughs> you can compliment them. What mm -hmm. about Jalen? Do you have a nickname for him? Oh, the same. He's the same. He's the way. same. Yeah. Local, you guys are very two peas in a crazy. pod. I feel like. Yeah. He talks about it, talks smack to you before. I don't know. I just, I just, I like, I like him. Like I, Jalen, Jalen. Jalen's very likable. Like yeah, it's yeah. Pretty cool. He smiles. He's passionate about football. He loves football. I couldn't ask for a better teammate. Yeah, and you this year, like your first year with the Texans, you get voted team captain, which I think says a lot about just you as a player that you come in a new team and the players voted you as a team captain. What, like, well, how does that make you? feel just being in a new team in a new setting you know just the fact that you come in here and and they've given that to you well i was surprised you were yeah i, I, talk. I was like i don't know what's happening in the locker room you must like you have I obviously talk and I, I just, yeah i speak to everybody uh -huh. just, you know, i just speak to everybody and i try to get to know everybody and really i was just basically doing my job came to otas you know try to just get familiar try to get me a routine get familiar with the coaches and the players and just, you know, try to build me up a routine. Um, didn't think they was going to vote for me because, you know, I heard a few guys talking and I kind of just chill. You know, I let them until, you know, because I wasn't used to, you know, used to the, the guys yet. And then yeah. uh, JG ended up asking me, coaching up, calling on me to, to, you know, talk. And I was like, okay. So I ended up giving, no, breaking down the team. Breaking down the, the team, yeah. At the OTAs, at the practice or at the, like, uh, uh, workouts in the weight room. And okay. Jonathan like, Grenard had you. Yeah, okay. probably, like, Four or five times I did it, and you, you must know, have impressed it. everybody with yeah. Maybe, but I, 
I was happy. I was honored. You know, it's honor definitely. Who who's your locker next to you? Because I know in the locker room, all the lockers are sort of mixed up. It's not offense and defense. Or... Well, it's it's nobody on the right side of me. That's an empty locker. But right next to the empty locker is Robert Woods. Okay. And to the left of me is Sting, and to the left of him is Shaq Mason. So okay. You guys are like all like sort mixed of the up. guys I talk to the most since they're we're, we're kind of like locker mates. Yeah. Do you like that sort of setup in the locker room? Is just really does that help you get to know everybody a little bit better? Yeah, off the field? you know, yeah. not just sitting all the DBs by the DBs, O line by the O line. Now we get to talk to everybody. So I like how how he did. It's kind of set up. That's how San Fran did it. You know, you got you know, mix it up. One, I know one side. One time uh, I was on San Fran team when I first got there. It was like defense on one side, offense on that side. Once Coach Kyle came in there. It's like, nah, you know what? Let's just mix it up and, you know, uh, and sit everybody by somebody, a different position group. And I, I like it. Yeah. You start to get to know uh, your teammates better. That's the first time I've seen it. And we've seen some coaches here, but usually that's how it is. Offense, defense, position groups together. So it's kind of interesting you walk in and then you've got DBs next to wide receivers, next to O-linemen. Um, what about on Sunday? You're going to play Bryce Young. Mm -hmm. What do you think about uh, him, rookie quarterbacks, just you know, what? what is that like for you? Is that different? Do you like it better facing a guy for the first time, especially a guy that's, you know, come out as such a highly touted draft pick? I'm familiar with his game. I was raised in Alabama, so I watch Alabama football. I feel like he's a pretty good quarterback. You know, he's going to be good and uh, continue to be good in years to come. Uh, just got to – he's young right now, so um, he makes some great throws. He kind of has a crazy quick game release, which is so crazy. It's oh. not the typical – Quick game, like three step that you would normally see, he kind of walks out of it and throws it. It's crazy. <laughs> okay. But he gets the ball out. He's yeah. very accurate. You know, so I, I like him. He has some tools. He doesn't really run. If he runs the ball, he's really looking to throw. So I really like his skill sets. I like how he sling the ball. Uh he got some playmakers around him. It's gonna be uh it's gonna be an interesting game. Looking forward to playing them for the first time because I actually watched them in college. So Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah. Alabama connection. Mm -hmm. How about for you for the rest of the year? You got 11 games left. I mean, this team is, you know, people are talking about this team differently than they were in the offseason. Now it's, you know, a very different mindset with a 3-3 three and three record. What about for you personally? Like, how do you sort of maintain what this defense has been able to do through the first six games? Really just take – one day and one week at a time, you know, you really can't look ahead in this game. You know, things change in this game fast. Like, I don't witness teams that went 0-5 and, and next thing you know, went 10 straight. I don't see teams go 8-0 and, and next thing you know, they just start losing and miss the playoffs. So, <laughs> like, I've seen so much football and so much change just, you know, in, in my 10 years of playing NFL ball that you just you really can't get too high and you can't get too low in this game. You just got to remain humble and just, you know, continue to take, you know, take it by week by week. All right, Jimmy. Well, it's a pleasure getting to know you a little bit better. Apex Predator, always a pleasure. Best of luck for the rest of the season. All right, thank you. Great stuff from Jimmy Ward. We're going to find out all about Bryce Young from our Enemy Sidelines interview because the Carolina Panthers and the Texans are going to face off on Sunday. C.J. Stroud versus Bryce Young. It's a matchup of the top two picks from the 2023 NFL Draft, and it's only happened a couple of times in this modern Super Bowl era. It's just the fifth meeting between rookie quarterbacks selected first and second overall. 
in the common draft area. That's according to NFL research. The second overall pick is 7-0 versus the first overall pick head-to-head as rookies over the last 10 seasons. So great stats in C.J. Stroud's favor as he is the number two drafted quarterback in this matchup. So let's find out more about Bryce Young, about the new signal caller in Carolina, in Thomas Brown, the offensive coordinator, and what's ailing that Carolina Panthers defense. We're getting into it right here on the Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity. We're going behind enemy sidelines with Jonathan Stewart, former NFL running back and now host of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. Jonathan, first of all, welcome in. And I want to find out what's your reaction to the Panthers starting 0-6 with Bryce Young and with Frank Reich. Playing this game, I understand how hard it is to win. And, you know, very few get a group of men within an organization to be on one accord and to have things go perfect and to have things go right and to to have all the missing elements all of a sudden having all the elements needed right starting the season off preseason um, everyone had high hopes in the sense of hey new coaching staff on paper everything was great got the number one uh, draft pick and Bryce Young a student of the game you know somewhat of a savant (laughs) you know and And we got, you know, a lot of skilled positions and all we got to do is, you know, wait for certain guys to heal up and get them back on the field and we'll be easy peasy. But you add injuries to the mix. You add the fact that this is a coaching staff working together in their entirety. Like this is the first time that they've been together, you know, and you get, you know, the, the, the players, you know, some additions there, you know, it's the first time that they're operating um, together as a whole. And then you got a defense that, it's a brand new defense, not from, you know, just typical schemes, but base the basics of this defense is different. You know, you got guys that might not have really been a, you know, a true one technique or, you know, a true three, four linebacker and all those types of things. So there's a lot of learning curves that have taken place there even. And you look at the offense, offensive side of the ball, offensive line, the unit there, injury bug, waiting for guys to, to heal up. And the running game, you know, it's a different scheme. And they like to run more zone. And so there's just a lot of things that people anticipated them to just snap their fingers and have everything on the right page. And, you know, the reality is, is when you have an offensive, you know, offense that has a new quarterback and a new offensive coordinator, you have a defense with a new defensive coordinator and a, and a brand new head coach and a whole new coaching staff. You're hitting the reset button. And in this world, in this day and age, no one's ready for delayed gratification. And so right now, you just got to be in that season and knowing that you're experiencing some, some delay and just trust the process because eventually it'll pay off because I've been there. We're talking with Jonathan Stewart, a former Pro Bowl running back for the Panthers. When you look at uh, Bryce Young, Jonathan, I mean, it seems like just on paper, his numbers have gotten better over recent weeks. Where have you really seen him grow? What's something about him that you've seen that maybe people don't necessarily know just by looking at the final score of the record? I mean, he's making des- decisions and he's being decisive and he's taking what you know the defense is giving him um, and he's playing within, you know, the offense um, that's being called. You know, he he's, you know, going through his progression the right, the right way. He's the, the throws that he's making when he's not under pressure and when he's not, you know, trying to survive, 
they're amazing. I mean, especially if you look at, you know, the the separation stats there where Adam Thielen, you know, he's balling out and he's got, you know, his average yards of separation between a defender on, on each catch is, you know, about two, 2.6 yards. You look at some of these guys, you look at the Dolphins, the guys of, you know, the likes of Tyreek Hill, his average is probably four yards of separation. And so the throws that Bryce is making in tight windows, under stress, in the pocket, um, the anticipation is something that you don't really see from a lot of quarterbacks. You look at some veteran guys that don't have the anticipation that this guy has. And so that's one, one of the things that is exciting to see is because you have a quarterback that understands, you know, where guys are on the field, where they're supposed to be, and understanding, you know, the defense and what they're showing. And that's week by week, you've seen the progression of that. I definitely want to ask you about Adam Thielen. Uh, but first, one of the big news stories, so heading into this game really for the Panthers has been the change in play calling duties. And I know Frank Reich had announced it, uh, you know, they're coming off the bye, but before the bye, he had announced that he's handing those play calling duties over to his OC, Thomas Brown. So what can you tell us about what went into that decision and what might change offensively for the Panthers this week? I think out the gate, you know, I think Frank Reich's first press conference, he, he acknowledged the fact that he will take the reins in the beginning and eventually he'll hand it off. And I think right now we're seeing exactly what he said was going to happen. You know, he's a man of his word. He's not going to hold on to something that someone is clearly capable of, you know, doing. And I think, you know, Thomas Brown, you know, he's clearly well qualified. And I think, you know, what's going to, what we're going to see out of that is just maybe some more consistency just for the players to know exactly what to expect as far as his personality and calling plays and, his anticipations going into the week, you know, they're running plays throughout the week in practice and, and they can gear towards, you know, what is expected to be called on game day. So, you know, I, I think we'll probably see, you know, some positives there, um, especially, you know, if you're a quarterback, you know, you know, which offensive coordinator and his mindset to follow, you know, given that they were sharing the role up, I can only imagine that maybe there's a couple of hiccups here and there, but decisions made and, Everybody just carries on. All right. I'm curious about your thoughts just as a former running back. What, what do you think of the run game that the Panthers have going? They've got Chuba Hubbard and then Miles Sanders coming back. Is it a run game by committee approach? Or do you think one of those two is really going to emerge as the primary back? I think we're living in a day and age where, you know, you play a team and certain defenses, defenses display different challenges. And so you might have a team one week where you need to be run heavy meaning you need to be physical up front because that's the way they, you know, win ball games. Then there's certain weeks where you might have a lazy defense where you can catch guys off guard and may not have certain, you know, positions filled with, you know, a one type player. And so you can take advantage of that, get guys in space. And so this is definitely going to be a week in week out running back by committee, especially this time of the season, you got to keep your guys healthy because the moment you have injury bugs, as we are, we've already noticed, it's hard to to bounce back and do anything when you have guys that are getting injured. So definitely running back by committee. I would I would personally like to see Raheem Blackshear get some more carries. I like the way he runs. I like you know the element that he brings to the table. He runs hard. He runs angry, but he's a little guy, right? And he doesn't play little. And those are the types of things that you like to see 
you know, at that running back position is guys play big, play bigger than what you might be seen as or what guys can anticipate you as. Just play big. If you're a slasher, be a big slasher, slash, slash, slash. If you are a guy that's a hard-nosed runner, you run hard. Like, and, and every time you run hard, that's what's expected of you. You run hard every time. Don't just do it one time, do it every time. Um, and if you're a balanced guy, be balanced. Just be you, play within yourself. Um, don't listen to what everyone else is saying. You know, I know everyone right now is calling for Chuba Hubbard to be the starter and rightfully so. He's been playing really well, you know, and, and I would argue give him more carries than you have been giving him. But there's not nothing to say that you can't utilize both backs to your advantage. So just don't get so caught up in this whole thing of, oh, well, he's playing well, we're just going to play him because you'll miss out on the opportunity. That's good advice. Former Panthers running back Jonathan Stewart giving his thoughts on the run game for the Panthers. What about Adam Thielen? You mentioned him earlier, top target for the Panthers right now. Four touchdowns, leads the receivers with 49 catches. He's targeted more than any other receiver on that roster, and it's not even close. I want to say it's more than double. What about Thielen has really helped him emerge in this offense? And why can't defenses stop him if they know he's the top target? I mean, if you go back and look at him in Minnesota, you know, every time they were in the red zone, it was a back shoulder touchdown or it was in the back of the end zone. Like, you know where these guys are going to go. It's just that he understands spacing. I think he understands. I think you look at receivers that, that are just always open. You look at Travis Kelsey. He's got the same same thing. It's like, well, you know he's going to – they're going to try to get him the ball. How do you get him the ball? I think right now you're seeing chemistry develop between a quarterback and a receiver where the receiver is comfortable of knowing where he's going to be and he's going to be there no matter what. So now a quarterback, depending on the route combinations, he can give certain glances, give certain timing, pats on the ball to where if something's not open, he knows who is. And it's all about progressions, you know, and but and as a defense, you have a lot of principles that you're supposed to follow because if you're not, that's when you get caught slipping and there's a big play. So I think both of them understand what the defense is supposed to do and where they're supposed to be in certain formations, um, in certain alignments, and they take advantage of that. And, you know, you're seeing two smart football players operate at a high level. It reminds me very similar of how Cam Newton and Greg Olson were, just always mm-hmm. on the same page, understanding what the down distances are, understanding what the defense coverage, coverage is, and just finding that spot every single time. And then obviously having the sure hands to catch it. That makes a quarterback very comfortable. All right. Speaking of defense, uh, the Panthers defense with Derek Brown and Brian Burns, who leads the team with four sacks. What have you seen from those guys uh, and just the defense up front so far this year? Yeah, the defense has been holding down. I mean, they've been keeping us in games here and there that they, you know, they give us some big, some big plays. But, you know, you look at the injury report. I mean, we, I mean, from the very jump, I mean, we lose Shaq Thompson, you know, leader of the defense, JC Horn, you know, Von Bell, who we just got, you know, this offseason. There's just a lot of guys that are supposed to be your A1 defenders that, you know, are sitting the sideline having to watch. And you got these younger guys coming up and making plays and making a statement, you know, that they're a pro as well. And, you know, it, it's tough. Like, again, it's, it's tough to win these games when you don't have the guys that you expect to be out there. And so, I mean, the defense has been doing all they can, especially running a new defense and having certain guys, like I said earlier, you know, they're running a 3-4 defense. And so there's probably certain guys that, you know, might not be accustomed to, you know, their job description at the moment. But, 
you can see over the course of the time and the course of the year, they've been getting more of a hang of it. And I think it's, you know, things aren't going well for, you know, 0-6 right now. But like I said, this is a reset button. If you're a Panther fan, you got to have that mindset. And not that you're looking forward to next year. Just watch as this year goes on and how this team comes comes into fruition, especially as guys heal up. Yeah, and it's, I'm glad you brought up the the injuries for the defense, certainly decimated by injuries. Are, are there any players that might be coming back for Sunday's game against the Texans? You know, I know Frankie Lulu had a hip injury this past game. It's it's kind of hard to say. I think a lot of these guys are going to try to, you know, come out and play. It's optimistic to see guys like Frankie, like I just mentioned, practicing throughout this week in a red red jersey, which means – you know, sometimes they're just trying to preserve his body and just kind of give him time to tell whether or not he's ready to go. So there's a lot of that that's bouncing around. So we'll see. Unless the guy's on IR, there's always a chance. All right. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. That's Pro Bowl running back Jonathan Stewart for the Panthers. He now hosts Believe in Carolina Panthers, the podcast. Jonathan, appreciate the time and the insight. Yeah, no problem. Nice talking to you. Noon kick on Sunday from Carolina. You can catch the action on Sports Radio 610. And, of course, HoustonTexans.com will have all your coverage pre, during, and post-game. That's going to do it for the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And, as always, go Texans.